yeah there's one here from h spencer lewis on the bible where he says uh it's from mansions of the soul he says uh in the third chapter of saint john in the verses three to nine we find another incident which clearly refers to the rebirth of the soul here jesus is telling how important it is for a man to be born again in order that he may enter the kingdom of god nothing is said as to how many times or how often a person must be reborn in order to purge the being of its sins and attain that purification which would admit one to the spiritual kingdom what's interesting to me is just there again the idea of the purification is found throughout and you know h spencer lewis i believe he was either theosophy or rosicrucian or a little bit of both you know he was one of those mystery religions guys he also mentions it as so so as do the mystery religions it goes across the board it's mentioned everywhere you know from the beginning throughout time and it's an interesting thing because when when it was brought to me it was brought to me separate and apart from me understanding that this was something that was also already recorded in all these ancient sacred texts it was being given to me like as a separate revelation to me personally and i found it just so fascinating that when the ancient sacred texts were brought into it that all of a sudden i realized wow everything that was just revealed to me has already been revealed and not just like to one faith but it's there in every single one and you know to me it's just fascinating mm-hmm. you know Absolutely. Now, another aspect of reincarnation is, I'll give an example of you were an Indian man riding away from some corrupt whites into the woods, and three Crow Indians ahead were riding, and uh, they went by a creek, and you were following them, and then they came up behind you, and one of them put an axe in your back. And then, then they came, and the next plane, they showed up and apologized that they were deceived by the corrupt white men and you recognize when they apologized to you that they were sincere in their heart yeah being honest about that yeah and that's partly going back to what we've talked about in many of the previous films about the energetic truth and i could feel the energetic truth that they were sincere and there was another lifetime you had in the 1920s and there was a mob hit yes they took you to a different room and they beat you and shot you in the chest and then in a different plane they came to you and at first you're like oh my gosh they're back yeah they're <laughs> like, like no wait they're like no wait we we're sorry we have evolved since then mm-hmm. and you know we sincerely apologize for doing that and, and so because if we hold on to these things if we don't forgive then we're going to be locked in, right? There's an energy that we carry from them. And when I was able to uh, receive their their sincere apology and actually offer sincere forgiveness, that energy was released from my soul, which was awesome. And in all these cases, you know, so these atonements and these moments of forgiving moments in past lives, many of which were very, very violent, it actually releases an energy that is blocking your soul in some way. 
And so it is very important. It's a very powerful thing energetically. And it's all part and parcel of this slowly taking these steps towards the all holy God, which is love. And that's why all these moments that are not love have to be transformed. Yeah. There was a there was a lifetime where you were in love with this guy who was married and mm -hmm. he was gonna buy you a house and then suddenly he just disappeared and you're like, what happened to that guy? And and then later on you were brought to this dimension and they were watching this event taking place on earth and it was like the funeral of his son and he was a very important man. And you realize that because the son like came up and said like, oh, this is the one you're in love with. And you're like, what? Like he knows. And and then you were told that he had to leave you because it would have been a scandal. And then his son might not have been the most uh, important person that he was. But one right. thing that one thing you didn't know, though, was you still you didn't understand that your actions of being in love with this married man and stuff could affect other people's lives. So you were unaware of your actions and how that could affect someone else because you were so like, I'm in love and this is amazing and didn't realize like, oh, I can like jack those people up. Yes. And that is definitely one of the karmic issues throughout my own soul's history of not realizing how my actions impacted others throughout. And also, you know, definitely one of the things that occurred later with when Chief Joseph came into the mix was seeing lifetimes where I had beliefs. And Chief Joseph was one of your guides, right? Yeah, he taught me through, you know, the alteration process. And, and he was teaching me about how I had lifetimes where I held views that would shock me now. You know what I mean? Like, for instance, I had a, quite a few lifetimes where I lived in the South and supported slavery. You know, I was obviously a cavalry officer. And then there were times where I was a woman and I was supporting the South, which, you know, to my present self was like shocking, you know, it's mm -hmm. not, de it's definitely not in alignment with what I believe at all now, you know, but I had lifetimes where things were just very different. And so what we do find in our past are things that really conflict with where we are now and we have to then rectify these things and also with like you're talking about the cortisone uh, lifetime where I didn't understand how my just my just my existence there and my feelings could impact these are things where we have to undergo a process of recognizing the damage that we can cause if we don't realize or understand the true nature of love. So like, for instance, what would have been more of an, a true reaction to true eternal love for this man would have been to do what was truly best for him, not even withstanding his future status, but just the fact that he had a wife and he had a family, it would have been to stand down completely and to step away completely in recognition of that higher purpose and do that. Because if you love that person, you're not going to destroy what is good in their life, right? Yeah. So what I should have done in that lifetime 
and what I what it could have done if I had a, a proper awareness of what a true love for that soul would have been would have been very different you see now one one question i had because we're talking about you know the lifetime we're talking about right now right where you weren't aware that your you know love and your like state of mind like oh this is great i'm just feeling so great that that you know mm -hmm. your decisions during that could harm people right so you have, we talked about the life where you were a tyrannical ruler Oh, yeah. you know, perpetuated great evil right and so it's like well why would god put our soul in this situation and then you were told that this experience was for you to generate humility oh yeah well i was shown i remember it was brought to me very carefully because it was so shocking i mean it kind of threw me into like a pit of despair you know and so the, it started out with like, I think I was given just a word, hangaroo. And it was like, what? It was, and it was like, they were looking at me and kind of leading me. And it was like, do you mean I hung people? What, what are you saying? What are you saying? And then there was the experience where we were all going forward to be told the name. All these people were in this sphere and we were going forward to be told the name of the person we were in that lifetime. And all these people were the victims of this person. And then when I went forward, I was given the name of this tyrannical ruler. And I had indeed caused the death of probably thousands, if not millions, I don't know. And I was just dumbfounded. I was like, it was like literally getting a stab in the heart to realize how could that be? How could that be? Literally just falling to your knees in the realization that, no, you're not like this. You're not like this holy being. You are just a regular karmic soul who came from darkness and hopes to be born into light. You know, uh, who, who has a lot to atone for. And I'm sitting there with these souls who were really victimized by my soul in that lifetime. And it was horrific. It was horrific because, you know, I'd gone through lifetimes already where I went through some pretty bad deaths, but none of them could hold a candle to what I had done. And, and to this day, I can't even say that I fully understand that information. But that information thrust me into humility because it reminds me and it reminds all of us that we all came from somewhere. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting. Like, how do you go from that place to where you're at now? It's like, that's a lot of uh, rectifying of karma. And... Yeah. But I know, I remember like there was a, there's a place you know, further on in our talk where there's a contract laid before your feet of hundreds of souls that you needed to help. Yeah. I wonder if that's part of that. But, you know, there's a, there's a book I read by this woman who was friends. I don't know. I can't remember that. Something into light. But she was friends with this nun. And the nun was into metaphysical stuff. And they could do telepathy with each other. And then the nun died and she went to the other side and she was like at this hospital where newborn souls who had just died kind of just came. 
And then they go there for a healing process and to kind of awaken and go like, oh, I'm dead. I'm like, oh, okay, you know. And so on this, and this, they called it an extra physical hospital. And so there's this, this woman here who's just full of rage and like hatred because her husband was killed by the Nazis. And then in another hospital bed was one of the, you know, high ups of Hitler that was responsible for the death of her husband. And he just looked like death, just like, uh, he had been walking the earth for decades, just hating himself. Like, how did his soul take a wrong turn and do all that? But the thing, the ir- irony of it was that they were both in the same place because he had to forgive himself and to move on to the next levels of light, just as she had to forgive him. Or what he here's did. here's the answer to your question. How did that happen? Yeah. Duty. Duty. Uh, duty. So see how many of us if think about this, not just in his case, but think about this in life. How many of us, by naming a virtue, can twist the virtue into something evil? And so just as, you know, the the soldiers were serving their country in Germany. And so they're, they're, they're performing the virtue of serving their country. So I'm doing my duty. How much do we always hear this? And we heard it from soldiers in World War II who were asked, I was doing my duty. And so he did it because of duty. But, you know, this takes us back to even what, Daniel Pierce said in my my experiences, which is another incarnation of myself, where he said, I did it, I did it because I didn't think. I didn't question. I didn't question. And so in his case, this this Nazi soldier, he probably didn't question. He just followed what he called his duty, and then it quickly became evil. And it got out of hand really fast. Mm-hmm. And we see this happen to all of us in a variety of ways. And this, you know, whether it's duty, whether it's something else, it can even be, so let's take my own karma, love. Oh, I did it because of love. And then it becomes lust. Then it becomes something else where it's destroying that family in that lifetime when I was a courtesan or destroying my own family when it's the red jacket lifetimes. It's being unable to see beyond just the love and recognizing boundaries of behavior that honor and actually do love the other parties and preserve them rather than destroy them. And again, you know, that goes back to your question. So uh, the other question regarding the soul of the husband, where his behaviors were not loving, but destroying. And so, but yet my behaviors were also destroying and Red Jacket's behaviors were destroying. And so you have this triangle where there's all these good intentions, but there's all this inappropriate action that's causing a lot of destroying you see it's from misunderstanding yeah lots of misunderstanding 
and a lot of people not not trying to put themselves in one another's shoes and trying to make choices that will honor all. So uh, you traveled into dozens of past lives during this time, and many dealt with lust issues, unrequited love, danger, unfulfilled dreams, and then had many lives as men, women, rich, poor, healthy, handicapped. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, from every culture of the world, but each had the mark of this same karmic stain for yes. you mm -hmm. throughout the process. Um, and you went through during this time, hundreds of vibrational raisings. Yes. So is this concomitant, this is going along with, as you're going through these past lives, you're at the same time getting the vibrational raises because of what you're Every time you go into these past lifetimes, and like you mentioned, thousands, hundreds, thousands of these past lifetimes, rich, poor, you know, handicapped, healthy, every culture of the world, literally by the time you're through, you really have experienced the gamut. You're in tribal cultures all over the world. You're in every European continent. You're in every every part of the Americas, every wilderness, you know, you've, you've experienced everything, but with every one of these lifetimes, you receive vibrational raisings because each of these lifetimes is bringing back to you a piece of the multiplicity that is your soul and the knowledge of that lifetime, which is an energy. And so then subsequently, after a series of lifetimes comes in, you're going to go through a vibrational raising, which is uplifting your soul then to the next thrust, because each of these lifetimes, it's like coming in and you are incorporating it into your psyche, incorporating it into your psyche. Part of how you're starting to see the bigger picture is by seeing I'm doing this over and over and over again. And this is what's happening over and over and over again. And these are the ways that I handled it differently each time. And so now I know this doesn't work, this doesn't work, this doesn't work, and this doesn't work. And so what's left? What are the other things that I should do instead? What is it that I'm missing? You know, so you're remembering all the different ways that you tried to rectify these karmas that you're seeing played out in a multitude of ways. And then this energy keeps coming in, this energy keeps coming in. You're also experiencing with these vibrational raisings, the unconditional love of God that comes with them. And that unconditional love of God is in itself a teacher, you see, because that unconditional love is giving you the the one point, that one point at the top of the triangle, that ideal, that place that you're trying to recreate in your soul and in your interactions on earth. And you're seeing that you're just kind of, it's like, okay, well, that isn't it because look how that worked out. That didn't work. No, that isn't it either because, well, that didn't work. <laughs> and then you're forced to take it to a higher, more spiritual place. You have to start looking at it from a higher transformative thrust, which is a place in your higher mind, because the answer doesn't lie 
merely on the ground. It is partially on the ground because it will translate eventually into your actions and your what you choose to do or not do, but it begins in the higher mind where you are going to rethink how you have behaved and why and what is the meaning of it all. Mm -hmm. And you're going to rethink these entanglements and how those entanglements should be dealt with going forward. You know, what is the correct way to go forward? Should the entanglement remain? Should you, should you purify it and make it a higher, a higher thing, like a, a higher marriage? Or is it an entanglement that should not continue? Is it a, a negative entanglement? Is it something where the benefit will, will derive from both parties having a, a break from it, a break, meaning not like taking a break, talking about a break from this karmic entanglement so that this soul over here can deal with these particular issues we already discussed. And this soul can now move forward and deal with all the issues that have allowed, like for my, my soul, that have allowed my soul to remain in like almost a state of bondage to this other soul. And so what do you do then next to purify that relationship between souls if that is to be achieved rather than continue in the manner that it has been going on for all these lifetimes because we know that that's not how it should be the way it's going is not how it should be now i just got to go back to the tyrannical ruler one more time for a second because <laughs> like when we die we go to where we're compatible right mm -hmm. so i think of like saul and Paul. Yeah. Right. So killing, persecuting millions of Christians and then turning his life around. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, what are the chances of that happening? And like, if he wouldn't have done that, because I, I think of like the evil that's being perpetrated on the earth today and these people. I mean, God, only God knows their hearts. So maybe they think that they are being good soldiers or maybe they just are pure evil. I guess that's depending upon what the true energetic truth is, where they're going to go, right? So you as that tyrannical ruler, when you might have been responsible for killing thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions or whatever, you were given the opportunity to turn it around, so to speak, to go in the right direction, to learn from that. And that's like, I wonder how common that is to go to that level of evil and then turn it around. Well, I believe that that is the nature of reality. You know, for those who are interested in kind of following this kind of path, there's a book called A Wanderer in the Spirit Lands by A. Farnese, which people can check out. You can read it online, I think, for free. It's a book that shows the spiritual journey of a soul from hell to the heavenly spheres. The reality is that souls go from the lowest of darkness and they evolve slowly upwards. So this is the nature of reality. 
as much as we would all like to think that, well, we've never been there, most of us have. So evil is the most unevolved. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we forget. And so this is maybe something that has been missed in, in understanding the universal sphere of realms. When I've shown it to people, you know, realms one and two, dominant darkness and evil, realms three and four, the mortal worlds, the realms below the veil of illusion, realms five and above are the differing realms of light, the different gradations of light. We're in realms three and four. The majority of us used to be in realms one and two. And for some reason, we're really surprised to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean at some point we were in a lower state maybe right mm -hmm. i mean some of us have fallen too from the higher states too right a little bit like probably de it's possible. be energized maybe it's possible and a lot of a lot of souls do you know we go through these lifetimes sometimes souls reach higher levels and then they fall and then they're in, they have to kind of start over, not necessarily at realm one, but they start over in terms of they've lost a lot of their evolutionary thrust and they're starting over, you know, in, sometimes in the earth spheres, but that happens a lot. You had some really interesting lifetimes. There's one, remember the android who had like consciousness? Yep. Mm -hmm. There was a tribe where... The Cheyenne didn't like your tribe and you were killed, hung upside down. There's hundreds of lifetimes. It's because I think like, okay, you have hundreds of lifetimes. Let's say the average lifetime is 50 years. All right, 50 times 100, that's 5,000 years. So I'm like, okay, so if you had hundreds, let's say you had 200 lifetimes and the average 50 years, that's 10,000 years. And so it's not going to just all be on earth. And then are some of these like going on at the same time? Yes, they do go on at the same time. And you have to remember that we exist in a timeless reality. So we can get very caught up in time, but it's not really relevant in this, in this regard because they, you could literally have a hundred lifetimes and they're all going on simultaneously. Okay, because you talk about time-bound and ascension worlds. Time-bound mm -hmm. worlds and ascension worlds. So the ascension worlds are timeless. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ascension might be the next one we do. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Yep. <laughs> but anyways, there's so many lifetimes that I've written down that we could talk about. But when we go to just after this lifetime that you had at Lake Titicaca, you were allowed to live outside the gates because you were able to do an astral dance. And then they had this thing called the seven pick where the Spaniards yeah. were just pick seven people randomly and kill them? Yeah, it was a sacrifice to their, yeah, that was required. And then- This uh, was an Incan thing. Yes, this was an Incan thing, yeah. That's also like when the king killed your husband? And yes, you guys... and this was, this was, uh, the king was Red Jacket and the husband was the same husband was the same triangle. <laughs> yep, it's not different, but then that, back then it was accepted that yes. the king killed your husband. It's like, well, okay. That's <laughs> um, 
All yeah, right. he took me into the the pyramid temple, whatever, and I became the queen. And I was really angry about it at first, but eventually fell in love with him, which was very bizarre to re-experience because I experienced, you know, all in one night, the night that he murdered the husband. And then I'm in the temple being held against my will, but I'm able to travel astrally out and watch the, I'm seeing him do this and I can't do anything about it. And I was known in that lifetime as the deity of Ayacucho. And so the king was like coveting me because I was some kind of like unusual deity or something. And it was because I could astral travel and I would do these things. So I was some kind of, you know, little local legend. An anomaly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so then I became the queen and, and and over time, I did fall in love with him. And it was very bizarre to experience that in one night, to feel that that actually happened, that massive dichotomy. Throughout one night can, can be weeks. In yeah, real it can be years. Soon. Yes, it can be years. And yeah, it can be a lot of things, decades, whatever. Yeah, but, it, but yes, they did the seven pick. And then I challenged the Spaniard and scared them away, I think, if I remember it right. <laughs> now, I brought up this one and skipped over a few other ones. Because right after this, you have a quote. I put the five realms quote. Ah. So we can maybe type that in and see if that comes right up. Or did you say you could type things in? I should be able to. Let me. So I just put the five realms quote. So hopefully if you put that in, I guess it was like a pretty cool quote. And so I'm like, have Marilyn read that so I can use it in the movie. <laughs> I 